Mathilde Bia speaking. I'm a French architect specializing in reuse practices in the urban construction field. During this podcast, I'm going to share with you my experience of residing at the Villa Albertine 2023 in Portland, Oregon. The Donuts Day refers to the Donut Theory. It deals with urban planning, reuse, not recycling, by sharing life experiences, conversations, and personal thoughts. In order to reduce waste in the building sector, promote the reuse of materials and mitigate its environmental impact, the city of Portland, Oregon, adopted an ordinance in October 2016 requiring the manual deconstruction of residential homes built in 1916 or before. In 2020, this ordinance was amended in order to raise the construction deadline to 1940. This is an unprecedented in the United States, and we are not aware of an equivalence in France. To better understand how this ordinance came about and what is it about, I met with Shane Wood, a construction waste specialist from the Bureau of Planning and Sustainability of Portland. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you if you go back to you know the 1970s when that legislation for urban growth boundaries was um, was passed. It, it that was a, a Republican governor, um, so the more conservative side of our political spectrum. But there was a lot of sensibility about protecting agricultural land. So as the city, like, so if you look at, you know, this is the Willamette River. That goes all the way south, and it's the Willamette Valley. It's super fertile. It's amazing agricultural uh, land that's really productive. I think people saw that we were in jeopardy of losing that agricultural land, forest land, um, if we were to just have urban urban sprawl. So in some ways, it was an agricultural um, protection, protection at first. right? But there's obviously other other benefits. But there was a study done back in the 1980s, and in that document, it says, you know, we're experiencing all these demolitions. We should do more for, I think they called it architectural salvage. Um, and that was a document from the 1980s. And it led to some changes around demolitions, and there was a delay associated with demolitions so that there was time to see if there were opportunities to salvage building materials for reuse. 1980s. Fast forward to 2000. Well, all right, let's not fast forward just yet. Um, let's pause at 1999. Our local nonprofit that we went to, the Rebuilding Center, they did the first kind of contemporary house deconstructions in 1999. They wanted to start getting into actually taking down buildings. Then they could take those materials back to their warehouse, sell them to the public, make money, They started doing that in 1999. Around 2014, um, I, I had a really good relationship with the executive director and founder, Shane Endicott. So they were doing deconstruction before 
you know, the city of Portland ever thought about a deconstruction requirement. Other companies spun off from that, right? So Love It Deconstruction, yeah. Salvage Works, this company, which is no longer in business, but they used to work at the, the rebuilding center. So, so there was a, a, a bit of that infrastructure in Portland already. So we had people doing deconstruction. We had salvage retailers. We had homeowners and small businesses that were interested in using this material. So we... We enjoyed that already um, in Portland, and that's not the case in other cities. So 2014, me, a colleague at our regional government, Um, And Shane, he had asked us to meet with him. And he said, I am seeing a lot of house demolitions. He's like, more than normal. You know, what are are y'all's thoughts on having some sort of requirement or at a minimum having some clarity with the difference between deconstruction and mechanical demolition because the mechanical demolition contractors were going out to give a bid and they would say oh we're going to we're going to take this building down and we're going to recycle 100% and we can do it in in 2 days and then Shane and his crew would go out and say hey we're going to deconstruct this we're going to salvage for reuse, and it's going to take longer, and it's going to cost more. And the client hears 100% recycling, cheaper, faster, I'm going to go with you. But, but we know the benefits are much greater with deconstruction. Um, so we talked about, you know, could there be a certification for deconstruction contractors so that everyone's talking with the same language, doing the same stuff. And, you know, was there something the city could do to have some sort of requirement? Like we recycle all of our cans and bottles, but we throw away our houses. And I looked at our demolition permit numbers. And sure enough, just like back in the 1980s, in 2014, we were recovering from the Great Recession, and demolition permits were boop, 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 climbing. Um, and so it wasn't just a perception out in the neighborhoods. It was there were actually record numbers of house demolitions. At the same time, if you went into a neighborhood in Portland, you'd start seeing yard signs that would say, Stop Demolishing Portland. So that's 2014. That pressure from the neighborhood groups and the community ultimately led to our city council changing some of the requirements around mechanical demolitions. It's also when I started lobbying for deconstruction. I was like, if we're going to reimagine the rules of taking down houses in Portland, how can we encourage or incentivize deconstruction? So pretty much all of 2014, I was like, deconstruction, deconstruction. 
we were looking at a delay. So if you applied for a demolition permit day zero, you couldn't get your permit for a month or so. My suggestion was, what if we had a shorter delay for deconstruction? So you get your permit sooner. It takes longer to deconstruct, but you can get your permit sooner and that'll be an incentive. So it's not a requirement, it's just an incentive. At the end of that, it was like a year-long process. I was uh, championing deconstruction. The neighborhood groups, the community was in support. They were like, yeah, we want to see deconstruction. First, we don't want the house to come down at all. Mm -hmm. Second, we'd like for it to be moved. But if it's still going to come down, then we want deconstruction. So at the end of that 2014 effort... There was a city council hearing, and there was a lot of public testimony saying we support these new changes and notification and demolition delay, but we would also like to see more deconstruction. And so city council at the end of it, so this would have been February of 2015, they said, okay, we hear you neighborhood advocates Bureau of Planning and Sustainability, which is me, you all convene an advisory group and come back to us in three months with recommendations on how to advance deconstruction. So we hear that we need to have more deconstruction. What's the plan? And so that's when we convened an advisory group and started meeting. So Shane was on that advisory group. We had historic preservation advocates, neighborhood advocates, home builders, salvage retailers, deconstruction contractors, all at the table, any stakeholder at the table. We're like, What's, what, what should we do? And the answer was, let's, let's start with a grant program. So voluntary incentives, start with a grant program, and then move into requirements that we could ramp up over time. So, so here, like in 2015, um, there were only two deconstruction contractors. So it was Lovett and the Rebuilding Center. Okay. Those were the only two. By 2016, we had a, a training and certification program. We launched in October. So probably by December, early 2017, we had gone from two contractors to 12. Today... We've got 17 contractors. This pioneer ordinance has inspired other American cities, for example, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Santo Antonio, Texas, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or even Baltimore, Maryland. We know that this implementation has not always been a success. What we must understand is that the Portland Ordinance was written based on a context, a material context, an actor field context. Its adaptation to each territory is therefore essential. Another success factor is to support this type of ordinance policy through, for instance, incentive measures, but also training offered to support the increase in the skills of the stakeholders. 
So one of the questions I, I'm routinely asked is, okay, are you going to um, go beyond 1940? Are you going to require deconstruction for all houses? Are you going to require deconstruction for commercial? Are you going to require deconstruction for remodels, both residential and commercial, right? There's all this material opportunity. And my answer is I wouldn't want to do that until we make a big move on the demand side of salvage. So right now we're in the supply business. The Rebuilding Center has been a key player in the crafting of the deconstruction ordinance, so I suggest that it be the subject of the next episode. Great thanks to Shanwood and the Portland-based music groups heard in this episode, Tisper and Guylen Ballinger. This podcast is produced by Mathilde Billet, edited by Pierre Roulet with the support of Ville Albertine.